The scripture this morning comes from the Song of Solomon, chapters 4, 1 through 3, and chapter 7, uh, 11 through 13. Look at you, so beautiful, my dearest. Look at you, so beautiful. Your eyes are doves behind the veil of your hair. Your hair is like a flock of goats as they stream down Mount Gilead. Your teeth are like newly shorn sheep as they come up from the washing pool. All of them perfectly matched. Not one of them lacks its twin. Like a crimson ribbon are your lips. When you smile, it is lovely. Like a slice of pomegranate is the curve of your face behind the veil of your hair. Come, my love. Let's go out to the field and rest all night among the flowering henna. Let's set out early for the vineyards. We will see if the vines have budded and the blossoms opened. See if the pomegranates have bloomed. Then I will give my loving to you. The mandrakes give off their scent, and at our doorways is every delicacy, fresh or ripened. My love, I have kept them hidden for you. This is the word of the Lord. Will you please pray with me? God of grace and God of peace, we give thanks for your spirit that saturates all creation. And we pray that by that spirit, we will hear your word for us today. Amen. So last week, we began the season of creation by looking at what I referred to as creation spirituality and and how the predominant images of God in the Bible are not as a distant being who occasionally visits the earthly realm. Rather, we find God's home is here with us on earth. All creation is drenched in the divine. So spirituality and the spiritual practices we use to connect with God are not an attempt to woo God into the world, but they help us connect with God who's in the world, giving life to all that is. And last week we focused on how this kind of creation spirituality is present in the Bible and how it's been particularly important and significant in the last hundred years But this is by no means a new belief or a new idea, a new form of spirituality. God's presence in creation has been a central part of Christian spirituality since the origins of the church. When I was doing research on this, I found some of the most exciting and interesting writing on creation spirituality is from Christian mystics in the Middle Ages, particularly St. Hilgard von Bingen. It's okay if you've never heard of St. Hilgard before. Don't, Don't feel bad. She was a 12th century nun and a writer, composer, philosopher, historian, naturalist, and mystic visionary. That's, that is what, uh, she's what we call a polymath, which means that she was an expert on all kinds of different fields. But 
Primarily, she ran a monastery, and she taught and spoke in public, and she was actually so influential in Christianity that she was not only named a saint, she was made a doctor of the church, which is a title that's only been given to 36 people ever. And the reason that St. Hildegard is such a big deal is largely because of the way that she understood God and spirituality. She had this, this central concept called verididas. It's a Latin word that means lushness of being or the power of, of green. For Hildegard, verididas is the divine force in nature, that force that produces seeds and fruits and cells and gives life and strength for all beings to grow and to heal. And this isn't just an ecological process. Uh, Veridus describes the flourishing of our spiritual and our mental health and, and how our spiritual and emotional health is connected to the flourishing of all life forms. Veridus, for her, is the essence of how God is present in creation. She, she called it greening power that sustains all aspects of life. And, and sort of like she had these mystic visions where she understood God and then looked at all the ways that this played out in her life and in her spirituality. So she explained that the focus of faith shouldn't be about doing all the right deeds in order to get to heaven. Rather, she explains that our spirituality is based in our connection to all creation and our reverence for all things and all beings. That, that reverence leads to our caring for our own physical well-being, for, uh, by conserving biodiversity, protecting nature, and working to eliminate suffering for all people and all creatures. Our, basically, she's saying that our spiritual well-being is intertwined with the well-being of creation. And, and since spirituality isn't confined to prayer or attending mass, she actually wrote scientific books on plants and animals. She wrote a medical book, a 300-chapter medical book about common illnesses and natural remedies that connected the power of nature to the healing of our bodies. And of course, she also wrote hymns and biblical commentaries, and, and this seems super broad, but it, it actually fits together in the Bible, because the Bible describes the, the spiritual well-being of people as, as interconnected with the flourishing of creation. Beginning, really, in, in Genesis, Genesis 2 and Genesis 3, the faithfulness of the people and the well-being of creation, it's almost like they're used interchangeably. And I'm going to show you a couple examples of this in, uh, in Jeremiah. When the prophet Jeremiah gets really mad at the people, Jeremiah is the maddest prophet. That's his deal. You want to know Jeremiah? It's just, Jeremiah is just yelling the whole time, and he has good reason. But what's interesting about Jeremiah is that in Jeremiah 4, he doesn't just say, you disobeyed God. Jeremiah says, I looked at the sky, or at the earth, and there is no one left. 
Every bird in the sky had taken flight. I looked, and the fertile land was a desert. All its towns were ruins. Jeremiah, actually, he's really, it's not just, it's almost the first eight chapters of Jeremiah. He describes the disruption of the earth because it's the same thing as saying you're disobedient because they're so connected. And the opposite is true. In Psalm 72, uh, it's a prayer for a new king. It's a prayer that the king will succeed. But it doesn't describe riches or political conquest or even following God. The prayer is for the flourishing of creation. Let the mountains bring peace to the people. Let the hills bring righteousness. Let the king live as long as the sun and as long as the moon. Let him fall like rain upon fresh-cut grass, like showers that water the earth. Really, throughout the Hebrew Bible, it's difficult to differentiate. When is it talking about humanity, and when is it talking about creation? Because both ecologically and spiritually, we're one. And I think that this, this idea that I'm talking about, that she sort of lays out in her biblical commentaries, is, is most beautifully portrayed in the poetry of the Song of Solomon that we read today. Because the song is a vision. It's, it's really, it is, uh, it, it sort of goes back and forth. It's poetry between two lovers, but the lovers are so connected with the natural world around them that there's no clear line between lover and creation. I mean, you probably saw that today, the lines about you look like a pomegranate, you, you look like sheep. Uh, and, and when the lovers come together, all of the flowers blossom. The, there are no weeds, no thorns spring up. All creation celebrates the lover's love and the lover's express their love by describing the beauty of creation. And particularly with Song of Solomon, it's clear they find joy in creation around them. And that feels sort of particularly on point for Hildegard uh, and her spirituality of divine greening power. Because she doesn't just focus on protecting the earth, or she doesn't even focus exclusively on finding reverence, like we talked about last week. Her spirituality encourages us to find joy in creation. It's a spirituality of joy that's, that's found in God's presence, in, in the green and the lush and the aliveness of the earth. And I, when, I, when I started out, I thought, I was like, I'm just going to just go right in on Hildegard, and uh, I'll even use some of her reflections to help us practice this. Because rather than just talking about spirituality, we're this uh, season of creation, we're trying to give us opportunities to try it out, to practice. But uh, Hilda's reflections are a little uh, contextual, focusing on the beauty of the medieval German landscape which might not connect entirely with everyone. So instead, I want to introduce someone whose spirituality has helped me find joy and gratitude uh, in, in the natural world around me, and I think in some ways helped me understand what this veritas that St. Hildegard is talking about. 
Uh, his name is Ross Gay. He's a writer. He's, he, he's a teacher of creative writing at Indiana University. He's also a gardener and a practitioner of joy and an author and a poet. And, and really, in response to and in the midst of the anger and hatred and turmoil that's loose in our world right now, he works to find delight and joy in the beauty of the natural world. And his world is urban, a lot like ours. His work is that of justice and liberation, and his spirituality embraces all that, what's terrible, what's wonderful, what's beautiful. He calls us to slow down and meditate on what we love, to practice tenderness with ourselves, with one another, and with all creation. His, his poetry, he's got two books that were really well received, uh, The Book of Delights and A Catalog of Unabashed Gratitude, and, and they really flow out of his work in community gardens, where he intertwines our well-being with the well-being of creation, much like the Song of Solomon, and like St. Hildegard. And, and I thought it would be more helpful than to talk about him, but to actually uh, show what this looks like. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to turn it over to him and play a selection of him reading his poem, A Catalog of Unabashed Gratitude. It's, it's, a, it's like nine minutes long. And if it feels right to you, I might encourage you to close your eyes, or there is also a video of lyrics and images, but just sit back, and in whatever way feels right to you, relax into God's grace, and take a moment to find gratitude, and maybe even joy in the divine lushness of God's splendid creation. <laughs> 